When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Dave here and I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello, hi Dave. Hi Kathy. How have you been? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Long time no see. <laughs> uh, so we're doing the Cinemile. If uh, you're a first time listener to the Cinemile, it's where we, uh, we're walking to the movies and then we're going to go see a movie and then we're going to walk home from the movie. Yeah, it's pretty intense. It's, yeah, it's, super, <laughs> it's super intense. Uh, strap in. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, everybody. Today we're going to go see The Incredibles 2. Or Le Incredible Part 2. Yeah? Yeah? For all our French <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Spurred you on. Ap- apologies. Le- <laughs> say it again? I just wanted to say Part 2. Wouldn't sorry. it be Incroyable? Oh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Les Incroyables. Yeah. Um, anyway, Part we're really excited because we're going to a press screening and usually um, these are during the week and we never ever have gone to one before. But this is on a Sunday morning and kids are invited. So we're yeah, super so excited. Here. Yeah. Well, but he's asleep, so... He's asleep. And um, it would be really fun because this is the kind of movie... Hopefully there'll be loads of kids there and you get to see the kids' reaction because that's, you know, the whole point of these kind of movies is to watch them with children. So, yeah, that should be good. So, Cathy, what's your relationship with the Leon Croyab? Well, part one, I didn't really remember. And it, to me, actually, it's one of those movies I'd forgotten was a Pixar movie. It doesn't feel like a Pixar movie to me. Not, Why it, do you say that? I don't know. It, to me, The Incredibles is always just kind of in my, in the back of my mind. I mean, I saw it a long time ago, and I didn't see it in the cinema. 2004? Um, I don't remember when I actually saw it, but it, it doesn't have that originality of, like, a Finding Nemo or a Toy Story or an Inside Out. Um, it just, to me, I, just, I guess I was never that into superhero stuff, and I never particularly cared for the characters, albeit I don't mind the movie. Um, and then we rewatched it last night and we only got about halfway through because I just got a bit bored of it. It just doesn't... Uh, we it doesn't were very have to, tired. We were tired. And it, I don't know. And I get that at the time when it came out, it was before all the superhero fatigue that we now feel. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You said, I don't think it's fair to say that it's not uh, as original as a lot of the other Pixar work. Uh, I think it plays it plays in very well-mined territory. It's yeah. very much a parody of, or a, a little play on... On a lot of superhero tropes that we know and love, um, and it was interesting watching well half of it again last night. It um, it would have felt very very fresh, and I remember it feeling very fresh and funny and, and exciting in two thousand four. But you're right because um, well superheroes have been a constant uh, cinematic presence since then, and even a bit before then. Uh, we're in a lift now, so prepare for some echoing. <laughs> um, and because the other thing is uh, superhero parodies and comedies uh, have been mining this thing to death yeah. for the last 15 years as well. So I'm thinking Kick-Ass. Um, uh, oh, my God. What wow, else? for someone who loves superhero movies, you can't think of anything. The, that's the, what I mean. There's too many of them. They're all just all very derivative. And, and I know this was done before all that, but just watching it again last night um, I, it's not one of those Pixar's where I'm like oh the animation's beautiful it's not one of those Pixar's where I think 
Well, in so much as, as we watched the first half of it last night, that the kids particularly stood out to me. Um, I, I didn't actually like the dynamic they were positing with the, the dad just being this horrible, moany, unsupportive person while the mother did everything. And a friend of mine, funnily, um, had, had shown this there. DVD to their kids and said that the kids, had, the little boy in particular, had become like a little bit more aggressive after watching this movie to his little sister because like, it is a violent movie. Um, which I found interesting. Is that because the brother and sister in the movie are sort of fighting as yeah, well? Yeah, so all, she I'll, said it was interesting that she, she actually stopped her kid watching the movie. Because you know the way kids will watch movies a hundred times. She I took disagree. it out of the DVD rotation. Took it out of the DVD rotation. Yeah, you know what I mean though. I disagree with you. I think um, I think the setup is, is very interesting uh, for Mr. Incredible. You've got him... And this is a very uh, relatable sort of midlife crisis. Someone who uh, is obsessed with former glories, can't recapture that, is in a job he doesn't like... Uh, as as such, his family are his family really life going. isn't Sorry, satisfying him. We, we need to go up those steps. Actually, is mm, there a, there's okay. a lift on the other side? Look. Okay, yeah. I think um, his his family life as a as a as a consequence is suffering because he's not paying enough attention. But is that a, is that a weird plot for a kids movie though? Like it feels a bit. It's it's surprisingly it's, adult. Yeah, uh, like I don't theme, know that I like I don't know that I like the plot of it for a kids movie. But I think we're rambling on a bit. I mean, we're only at the intro of this podcast, and we're currently reviewing first movie that we both have I think you'd have to night. review the first movie to uh, anyway look I don't know a lot about the sequel I know it's got the same director uh, Brad Bird and mm-hmm. writer who I think is a let's face it uh, no we're going up oh is a total genius man wrote and directed Iron Giant Love Iron Giant Ratatouille um Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, one of the best Mission Impossible. Yeah, that was a decent Mission Impossible. So I'm I'm quite excited for this, and it's also interesting to get a sequel 15 years yeah, it's later. Weird. It's like who was asking for this? No, I would say nobody was asking for this. That's what I wonder, right? Yeah. So the kids, any kids in today's age, weren't didn't see this, oh my God, this number stinks. two. Um, didn't see this in 2004. Now presumably. Unlike your friend, it's been on heavy DVD rotation. Yeah. But um, I wonder, with with kids and Pixar stuff... What, does this only go up? Oh my God, we're having such a lip. <laughs> um, with kids and Pixar stuff, it's always about how merchandisable the property yeah, is. Yeah, and right? I don't know if this was heavy Which is why Cars is the number one Pixar movie and has had eight for movies. kids. Uh, and there's all these spin-offs and all these kind of things. Whereas it's the probably one of the least regarded least well regarded movies uh, by adults mm-hmm. I, w- I would think yes for um, sure but I think The Incredibles plays very well with adults and I think a lot of um, a lot of fans uh, adult fans of Pixar would hold this in very high regard because not only does it play with the superhero genre it plays a lot in the spy genre as well so there's yeah. a lot of James Bond tropes as well and I mean I think ha- that a lot of that will go over kids heads and kids will just enjoy that they're at a cartoon and it gives an extra layer to the adult viewers Yeah. but I think I, it's just I, I hope that I like this one more and I'm also interested to see because we did feel watching it last night that the animation was quite dated on the first one so I wonder well A how far after the first one this will be set right because we don't know that because I, I haven't seen a trailer review I have, and I know that the baby is still a baby. So okay, so spoiler for me, thank you. What's the spoiler? That's said, not a spoiler. I just said I don't know how far. It's not after a, this a is spoiler set. that okay. this movie is set just after the well, last movie. Well, it is actually because I thought it might be set 15 it's years not, later. I'm sorry. Plot synopsis. In the plot synopsis. And then secondly, um, I'm wondering if they'll have updated the animation or 
if the animation will be the same because surely they'll have made it look better now given oh, how sure. far um, these animated things have come along or do you think they just phoned it in maybe they did it for no, like a quarter I mean, of the price of 2004 because if you watch the first one and then the second one they could be quite jarring if you watch them back to back if they're supposed to be set at the same time as you're saying well look come on it's not going to be I've seen uh, material from this it's not photo, suddenly photorealistic <laughs> it still looks like them yeah. but the quality and the textures are a lot more impressive because like you said watching it last night it's the um, the complexity in his face with the, it was all smooth uh, just smooth skin the hair wasn't uh, was static the backgrounds weren't very well developed so it's all the little things that actually you don't quite notice but that flesh out an animated world and uh, also speaking of fleshing out an animated world um, we did want to say one more thing last night watching it it was just really I found it really annoying how like how skinny and teen like the women's bodies were like matchsticks and now, the men were like huge well particularly the main character no, obviously to be fair, Mrs. like a huge triangle Mrs. Incredible is, is uh, has quite a curvy body yeah but, but you say that Dave, but like look at her she's not actually like you're I don't know what kind of curves you're talking about but you're talking about like okay one part of her is as skinny as a pencil and the next part of her is as skinny as like maybe a pen now so, there's one troublesome character who's the, the silver haired uh, baddie spy baddie whatever she uh, who is an actual pencil yeah like it just annoyed me but come on this is the longest intro we've ever done alright okay um, come on we're, we've turned it into a review of Incredibles 1 so we're not going to talk about that again I promise we're heading in now we'll, uh, we'll see you see you soon to chat Incredibles 2 part 2 Incredibles 2 part 2 yeah that's what it's called <laughs> this, this is equal to two parts <laughs> it's time to make some wrong things right help me bring supers back into the sunlight we need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it this I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Mm, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. Right, we are, uh, we're back. We've seen Incredible 2. We're walking home. I've seen most of Incredibles 2. Yeah, you have to leave. As I said, it was a really nice family event, and it was so sweet when we got there. They had all these things including people dressed up as the superheroes for kids to pose with all of which we missed because we had a baby toilet emergency and then during the movie just towards the end um, right when it was getting really good um, our baby Oscar got a bit upset I think it was very loud for him so because usually we go to like a parent baby screening but this was just like a normal screening so anyway I took him out because I was it, it was a children's screening it was, it was a, a children's screening yeah, it was a family screening it we didn't just bring we're no. not the, sorry we're not those people who <laughs> no, just bring not babies into normal no. everyday screenings yeah. we didn't do that we but were anyway, specifically told it was fine to bring I was baby. really enjoying it but I missed the final act um, so anyway Dave's seen it all and I've seen most of it yeah so uh, let's give a quick synopsis for anyone who doesn't know what Incredibles 2 is it's uh, the sequel to The Incredibles picks up exactly where the last one finishes um, so and if it, you don't remember where the last one finishes like me you need a whispered and hurried explanation from your partner on this yeah, but also it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You'll pick it up. Uh, you don't. I don't say you don't need to have seen the first one, really. Um, and then it's it's sort of the, the general plot is that uh, 
Well, superheroes are illegal, and uh, this time Mrs. Incredible or uh, Elastic Girl gets the uh, the opportunity to do some secret undercover superhero work instead of Mr. Incredible. So they've sort of gender swapped, and as such, he's a stay-at-home dad. dad. And that's the that's the kind of general plot of the thing. Uh, Kathy, what, what did you think of the movie as a as a whole, or not as a whole, as a <laughs> as whatever four fifths. Four fifths of whatever you saw. Um, well, first of all, it was funny having watched some of the new one last night. I'm having two half views of these movies. Um, going straight into this one, yes, you could see the difference in animation, but they kept it very close to the original, to be fair. It, it wasn't hugely jarring, but you could see the difference. Um, yeah, so a couple of opinions on it. First of all, I was enjoying it a lot more than I enjoyed the first one. Um, I don't know why, actually. Maybe because I was singing in the cinema. I know why, because you were sitting on the couch on your phone last night, paying it no attention. <laughs> no, but I'd seen it before that as well. Um, so last night I was just a rewatch. But yeah, I was actually enjoying it. Um, I I really liked the mom character, and I liked her again. I prefer Holly the, Hunter. Holly Hunter, yeah, she does such a good job. Um, I I don't know how I felt about the dad's plot being that he was at home and struggling with kids and feeling emasculated by his wife's career success because I don't know if that's a message we should be showing young kids because theoretically, of course, that's a societal issue and everything's shifting now and, you know, women can be breadwinners too and men can be the stay-at-home parent and that's a completely normal way of life now and it used to be, so of course... If something's like set in the 60s, which this kind of is in a kind of a parallel world, it would have been an issue then. But I think for kids these days, it's not an issue in the first place. So why introduce it as a problem? Like, why would you have kids watching it thinking, oh, that's an unusual situation that the mom's gone out to work and the dad has to mind his kids. Like, they've, they've posited it as an unusual situation. So I, I disagree. Well, anyway, I don't know how I felt about that, but putting that aside, I actually found it really sweet, the stuff with the dad and the kids, so... I, I actually disagree with you. I don't think the I don't think the movie says this is a weird, freaky situation. A dad at home—that's well, not that's at all what whole, happens. The whole joke no. of the movie is that the no, dad no, at home with the kids. That's not the, the case. The the dad, yes, it's 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 where they find uh, inherent conflict for his character because that's out of his comfort zone. But because that character has been the breadwinner and they've shifted it, it's not the movie's not saying. Oh, isn't this weird? And society says that, that that this is different, and this is nobody's saying that. They've no, just swapped. Very, they've just implicit. swapped positions. It's implicit that it's weird. But anyway, I, I, uh, as I'm disagree. saying, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed that stuff anyway with him and the kids. To be honest, I think um, you're. I think I, you're. I think you're. You're adding sort of uh, some sort of uh, thematical context that the film hasn't really added. I think they've just taken that as a scenario. Uh, that would put the car- the dad character in an uncomfortable situation, and they played with that. Okay, I agree. But I'm but, just stating but my opinion. The Incredibles family themselves, even in the first one, were very archetypal sort of uh, '60s nuclear family, anyway, weren't they? Yeah. So yeah, okay. Okay, so we can. I I'm just saying that's what I think was posited that that was unusual for a dad to stay at home with the kids, and then the other thing I found about it was. I don't think there's much depth to it. So a lot of the Pixar movies, you know, they, they're really universal and they they tackle, like, kind of very interesting issues for children. Um, and they're, as I said, like, you know, can be very visually interesting. And, I, and again, for me, those things lacked in this movie, albeit I was actually really enjoying it. And when Oscar did get upset and I had to leave, which is, like, right at the climax, I was like, I had, even though I'd signed, I, I knew what the twist was going to be. I thought, I, I, guessed, I guessed the whole movie because Dave told me afterwards... 
but all the things I guess actually were what happened and what I'd missed. But I was really enjoying seeing how. Oh, thank you. So sorry. Oh. Someone's letting us cross the road. Um, I was really enjoying it, and I was like genuinely disappointed to to leave the cinema with like 20 minutes to go. Whereas last night I had turned it off and not cared. So I, do you know what? I think it's a good kids movie. It is violent. Um, I didn't catch the classification, but I'm guessing it's PG. PG. And I definitely wouldn't recommend it for young kids um, because I think it is a violent movie. Um, but I did enjoy the family dynamics and I enjoyed the car- the stuff with the baby. There's some really cute scenes with the baby and our baby was loving those things. Like he was laughing and shouting. He loved those. So I thought they're really sweet. And, and one thing I find about the characters is that the little boy character is so annoying. Like I didn't enjoy watching him on screen. Um, yes, but as a counterbalance, if you're a young boy, you'd... you'd, you'd, uh, you'd You'd like him because yeah, he's cool and smart. Maybe, yeah. He's Bart, he's Bart, he's Bart Simpson. Simpson, yeah. He um, is Bart Simpson, which is funny because Brad Bird worked on The Simpsons, right? But it's interesting. He did, yeah. But it's interesting because he. That, you're right to point out that character because they, def- they give him nothing to do, really. He's, yeah, he's just, just like an annoying little like, uh, yeah. bird, like pecking on a window kind of thing. I think... Um, yeah, so what did you think of it? Because we haven't obviously discussed it yet. I actually agree with you exactly in what you said a minute ago about um, there's no depth to this, but it's enjoyable. I, I really had a fun time with it. I thought it's really slick. This, all the superhero fight scenes are really well done. Yeah, they're really done. Well done. Like I Partic- love all the ice stuff. Was awesome. In particular, all the stuff you missed was amazing. Oh, thank uh, you for rubbing it in. <laughs> while I was outside the whole, feeding a baby. The whole big, uh, big third act fight scenes, all very well choreographed. And it's one, you know, they've learned from the uh, the way that uh, I think the Marvel superheroes movies, in particular, uh, I'm thinking Avengers, uh, Captain America: Civil War, and all these things where you've got. 10 20 superheroes and they're all fighting and they all have different powers and they've sort of written all those powers into a a, a contextual sort of a plan or plot so you use your ice to do this and then I'm going to pick up this thing and then you use your super fast thing to do this it's exactly it's exactly what I love about superhero films and teamwork and working together and it's very very well choreographed so e- excellent action scenes like brilliant and you'd expect no less from from Brad Bird um but uh, I agree with you. There's very, there's very little to, under the surface here to, to scratch away with. The movie tries to have some uh, political points a, a, a little bit, or to t- try to have something to say about society. Um, the sort of the villain, without giving too much away, is uh, he's called uh, Screen Slaver, um, and it's all about you know it, he hypnotizes people through screens. And uh, there's a sort of a societal uh, sort of commentary there on how we're all staring into smartphones all the time and we're all obsessed with screens. And it, it kind of wants to have something to say about that, but ultimately doesn't say anything about that. It just it, it, it gives you that, that little commentary in society that we're all aware of anyway and then doesn't have any resolution to that. And the same thing goes for the dad plot. I, I've said I disagree with you in that. I don't think the movie's presenting that as an unusual situation. I think it's recognising that it's a very common situation in the 14 years that has passed since the first movie and it's using an everyday situation like that in its movie to create an uncomfortable scenario for its, its protagonist or uh, for Mr. Incredible. And I think that play, it plays all that stuff very well and I really loved all the stuff with him at home. That it's very cute uh, and relatable. For anyone who's a parent... Uh, you know all the stuff that was happening with the baby as he was wrestling with the baby and trying to get it to bed I've been there you've been there um, and just literally I literally was 
like wrestling with Oscar, who was trying to escape from from my from my clutches as Mr. Incredible. Was yeah, I know that was, was funny. Great. So it was kind of like a 4D experience. And there's a funny way. line in here, like no spoilers, but um, and this is actually really funny because I've experienced this with both my parents, where the kid's trying to do maths homework and the dad's helping him and the kid's like but that's not how we solve the problems we have to solve them this way and the dad's going but you can't change maths like you're not allowed to change maths and it's like oh yeah you don't do it that way you do it this way now I mean there was definitely you felt like a lot of the scenes the way they've been written um, including when he said like I just need some me time which is literally something I've said a few times in the last few months you know felt very realistic of someone who's spending all their time with kids um, But so I think we both enjoyed it to sum up before we get to spoiler street we both enjoyed it it's it's never going to be a pixar classic albeit it's doing very well at the box office and you know young kids will enjoy it i didn't i didn't uh, cry which i did at coco and i've done it inside <laughs> i mean out. it's no coco it's no coco if you think of um if you think of you, you know you mentioned uh what was the one you mentioned toy story earlier no the, the one that had uh, yeah but no, you didn't mention that but inside out is a good example where that's got a very clear, lovely message for kids, which is it's okay to be sad, it's important to be sad, and that sadness is like a vital part of a healthy mind. Uh, this movie, I mean, what, what, what does it have to say? What's it teaching children? I would kind of say nothing, or at least there's nothing really apparent to It's kind of teaching them to, like, it. it's okay to break the rules sometimes um, if but you're with your family, d- and I don't know if that's actually the right message to be sending yeah i don't i don't know that it's I, I think what it is is it's it's just more of a it's essentially a surface level action superhero movie that's what it is and it's a funny thing that it's exploring like all superhero things explore you know and particularly things like civil war where like should superheroes have free reign to do whatever they want and i would always think no so i'm never on board of the characters who think that superheroes should be allowed to do what they want because I think that's silly because a baddie can be in a superhero costume as well as a goodie but let's get to spoiler street because I really wanted to discuss some plot points okay so spoilers uh, spoiler street now for the Incredibles 2 here we are on spoiler street oh look there's a house for sale it's beautiful on spoiler street Um, great street to live on so my main issue with with the sequel now is so this first movie ends on okay we're fa- so the first movie right superheroes aren't allowed and they're banned and it ends on the family all coming together as superheroes and we think oh now they're going to fight crime and superheroes are going to be allowed the second movie begins straight after that and it's like oh superheroes are illegal and you all have to go undercover again so what was the yeah. point of the first movie then it quickly, like, it quickly undoes everything it undoes the first movie <laughs> yeah. within three minutes of the second movie which is pretty weird for a sequel uh, and just rendered the whole first thing pointless because no to, to be fair i mean it's not like the, the, the movie the sequel does establish that um yeah they saved the day but they, there's still a bit to do you still have to undo legislation and all that there's still a road also, to get there yeah, now i agree i agree with you though it's a little bit of a, a reset com- yeah it's a complete reset yeah. so i thought that was silly um and i thought like they explored quite well at the start like all the damage the dad did and and you know how much like for example like the dad tries to stop a bank being robbed and in the end causes way more damage and the bank said would you just have left it alone and our insurance would have covered it and I really do think that like the dad like why would Mr. Incredible go to all that effort to stop a bank robber like who cares like that's not saving people from a burning building you know what I mean yeah, so, but that was his job. That was he just stopped crime. It's I that guess, simple, and that's but what I just superheroes empathise with him, and I just thought, well, actually, yeah, he shouldn't have free reign because he's a ter- like he's terrible <laughs> at his job, and I like the way um, 
when the corporation came along and offered a job to Elastigirl and they say like, quite rightly you know she's actually better at the job because statistically, she, statistically yeah. she doesn't like cause all that damage and cost all that money she's more of the subtle behind like not behind the scenes because she's at the forefront but she's like the subtle like she's the brains of the duo and I really enjoyed them kind of saying that and him and his reaction it was to interesting that. watching him have to deal with that yeah I thought that was good yeah um, and I just again the body sizes the body types really annoyed me the way like the women have these like teeny waists and then like when they're in the costumes like these like huge bums and boobs and I just think it's a shame it's a shame to be showing that kind of idealised fetishised body type to young girls and young boys and I just don't like it and, I, and the, and the I opposite of like the really muscular men including the little boy who's, who's a little boy he's actually got muscles and I just think you're showing images to very young susceptible children who think that that's did maybe you, what their body think, type should be Do you think that Elastigirl was sexualised? I don't think so No I think the, the body shape they're positing there is an idealised body shape of a teeny waist and big boobs and a big bum well, the wa- and skinny The waist ankles. is disproportionate but in the first one as well that they you know she's uh, she's supposed to have sort of like a middle-aged mom body, I think. So she's got a a, a big bum and uh, she's no, but it's with the tiny waist and the tiny ankles. And I know like the, yeah. it is, but and the no, young girl is, is so also, skinny. It is a cartoon. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if you look, if you look deeper at what they're showing, it's for young boys and bo- young girls. They're like kind of fetishized, perfect ideals of bodies for those genders and I don't think that's right but like, they're not he's, fla- he's flabby no but the young boy I'm oh, saying boy. is muscly and the young girl's really thin and I just don't agree okay. with, with show. I don't know why they're drawn like that why can't they just both be normal like why do they have to be extremes like I personally when Oscar's older this isn't a movie I'd be rushing to show him I mean I don't I, know what would be in it for him I kind of see your point and I think that's look there, there's there's an, it's important to have these conversations in society but when if you think I'm, I don't really see these ones in particular as a massive issue compared to where we were 10 years ago where you had the Bratz dolls and things oh I'm like not that. saying it's worse I than them I'm just saying it's not a, better than them this is a step forward I, don't, I, I, don't. I personally didn't see a huge problem with it but maybe the, maybe it's just because I'm part of the system I'm, it's a systemic problem well, you're just probably not as aware of body shapes as I am no, it's but well, basically, I'm just used to having such an awesome body. <laughs> yeah, you're so. Uh, muscly. I mean, this is a podcast, yeah. so you've probably in, most of you aren't able to see my my six pack right now, which I'm showing off to this whole street. Yeah, but I am pretty ripped. But um, yeah, so and they're so they're just a little kind of little bit that annoyed me. But my favorite sequence for sure was when we were discovering all the baby's powers that we saw like two really good scenes of that, oh, and I love that when he's fighting the raccoon. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. amazing. Yeah, that was. Do you know what? That really <laughs> elevated it. I thought that was really fun. The baby. I mean, that's what Pixar. Is is best at, isn't it? Like the so when, creative. When they animate, uh, when they make, when they make, you know, when they strip away dialogue, strip away everything, and then make the ba- humanize the baby. Well, it is a human, but like the babies, all the baby's little mannerisms were so cute and funny and recognizable. And they do the same with like uh, the dog from Up or all of that. It's like they use stuff that we know about everyday creatures and then times a hundred. And then put them in funny situations. Yeah. Like the fact that the baby just, I love that little touch. Like the detail in, in this movie is top notch. And it was the same in the first Incredibles. The way he's, the Jack Jack is watching this uh, crime fighter and then he's, he's got a burglar mask on, which looks exactly like the raccoon's mask. Yeah, that was <laughs> really cute. He just takes that on as his, uh, I think it's this way, isn't it? Um, and then he takes that on as, as sort of his. Uh, his, his fight and it was an amazingly choreographed fight scene it was brilliant as well. it was and my favourite bit of the movie and you know what it harks back to for me another movie that I enjoyed more than I should have 
this boss baby I really like seeing but, the unexpected of like a baby fighting a raccoon like that's way more fun than to me than oh a big superhero fighting a big villain you know what I mean it's like that's the fun that's the unusual bit and this is like a Pixar movie I can see enough you know I can see superhero movies all we the both time. loved boss baby and, yeah. and go back and listen to our boss baby review because I, I think that's a, a movie that uh, most people it just dismissed offhand and as did I having watched the trailer um, but then when but it was you actually a total watch surprise it, yeah. and it was great fun so give it give it a chance on uh, wherever you can watch it um, yeah. what was I going to say oh yeah the I think you made a point earlier though about this uh, you know the reset that they just kind of at the beginning of this movie just reset everything mm-hmm. and actually the plot of this is very much just a retread of the first one they just yeah. swapped they just uh, it's it's uh, the wife going through it instead of the husband it's an exact retread and the only difference is that he's aware of what she's doing whereas in the first one it was a secret mm-hmm. even to the point where the twist is that the people who hired them to do the mission or one of them is is the evil person behind the whole thing yeah, which, which is, is so the exact obvious. same it's, I'll tell you why it was so obvious because uh, and you can apply this formula to any movie if there's two characters when you'd only need one one of them's evil yeah like why was there a brother and sister character and also other, then, otherwise for one of them to be evil I like the way the sister then kind of took the piss out of Emma Girl because she said I, Girl's like I trusted you and she's like why because I sang your theme song at you and gave you money like <laughs> yeah, they yeah. trusted these people so quickly it was absolutely hilarious so I did enjoy that line as well I, so, I, I think um, I spent most of the movie trying to figure out well, uh, well, the beginning anyway. Whether it was the brother or the sister who was who was going to betray them, be or the both. Sister because she was too be cool, and the brother was like such a, a geek for superheroes. Yeah, um, a play of Bob Odenkirk, uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, I was wondering who did his yeah, voice. Really great voice. Actually, he looked a bit like him. Now he, that I think of they the did animation. model him a little yeah, bit. On it. Yeah, he was great. But yeah, so I think like look, it's a summer blockbuster. It's doing really well in the box office. It's definitely, you know, I'd say like bring any kid over the age of seven or eight to it. It's yeah, fine. it's really fun. But it's not. It's I don't know. It's fine. We're doing that point of uh, part of recommending it after yeah. people have already seen it, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're but right. I it didn't. I didn't. I emotionally connected way more with the short film. <gasps> oh, the short was, film. That's what we need to talk about. Which was absolutely lovely. Yeah. It was called uh, Boa, I think. Oh, or it was something. so cute. And it was. It was very much one of the best shorts they've done in a very long time. Well, it felt like it was. Uh, very much trading on the success of one of the other previous shorts which I can't remember which was um, a little Indian boy with his f- uh, in his parents house and he was obsessed with superheroes oh yeah that was sweet and that was so I, I liked that, that well, this I liked that it was a Chinese family and it was so emotional like let's not let's not even tell the plot of it but we both were bawling well, we're crying by the streets. end well we say if, no. so, if somehow you didn't see the the short uh, spoilers now for the short because I think let's just discuss that very quickly because yeah. presumably you've all seen it if if it's running in front of this it's beautifully it's beautifully animated it's like about a Chinese family and it's really just exploring a kid leaving home and the impact it has on in this instance on the mother but on the parent and it was just like that got like we were both crying at the end of that and that was like not even 10 minutes long and we're both completely completely unmoved by the whole movie then you know and it kind of just showed it up a bit and, and for me that movie was like Pixar at its best it was so visually creative it was like exploring all the beautiful Asian food it was like a really creative concept oh, the around food looked amazing. how her it like dim sum was like a baby and she was eating her baby like it was just really creative and funky and for me it was like that's what that's what uh, you know that's what Pixar is that's really cool exactly And but that movie had something to say not only it had an emotional punch because it was relatable because it was about a mother a mother's relationship to their child and how eventually if you if you you, well you have to you have to let them go or eventually she 
she, you know, she, swa- she swallowed him whole and then he disappeared. Yeah. You know, she smothered him too much, literally. And it was so um, cute. Like, I felt like the kids in the audience were, like, laughing along with that more than any reaction there was to The Incredibles. It was great. The little yeah. dumpling boy trying to go play football. It was so cute. <laughs> like, that's brilliant. I loved it. So, yeah, I think that's one of the, definitely one of the best shorts they've done in a while because the shorts have kind of dropped off a bit, really, in terms of quality. And not a word of dialogue. No. Like, I mean, that's that's masterful, like, and it felt like silent a real passion project. And at the end, they were like, you know, the, the makers of that film were like, this is, you know, this, it said something like, thank you so much for helping us on this journey to all these people you know it just felt like a really like a beautiful passion project but I think we've said enough about The Incredibles I don't think there's much left to say and it's way too hot to be rocking around with the buggy yeah total yeah. heat wave here <laughs> so, as you probably all know so hot um, alright well uh, let us know let us know if you found any sort of uh, uh, subtext to this movie because uh, I'd, lo- I'd love it. to hear a great um, yeah. a great sort of reading on this because I think it was very surface level very fun enjoyable but uh, sort of, it's just come and gone for and me. And I just, I want Pixar to go back and make an original movie and not be making these kind of sequels that, like, at the end of the day is doing well, but, like we said, we don't think anyone was well, we got it. we got Coco last year, yeah. to be fair. I think there's more on the horizon, so yeah. they're still they're still doing great work. I think work they tend to do, it. like, one sequel and one original every year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, this this is this is where the money is, and I mean, it's clearly this is a runaway success. And it was a huge event today; like the kids were all so excited. There was people in superhero costumes. It was a it was a really nice family day. Oh, quick answer as well uh, to the to the question we posed at the beginning, uh, which was: Are kids really aware of this property? Totally. (laughs) I was overhearing uh, even before we went in. Oh, we were overhearing like. They knew all the names. They were like, "Oh, it's Elastigirl." So oh, cute. Yeah. Like they, they, like the kids were very excited. I can't believe we missed. Like, there's like literally people in these costumes, like fully, fully like the cartoons. Like we would have got the best yeah, photo there was for Oscar photo booths, if he was into everything. this movie. If he was older, and then no, we spent the whole time looking for a baby changing toilet and missed the whole lot of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so difficult. We're living that movie. We are. But listen, so thank you um, for listening. I don't know why I said but listen because I'm trying to end this because it's so blimming hot. All right, thanks for listening. uh, Please uh, subscribe to us if this is your first time listening. Head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review if you you wouldn't mind. You can find us on uh, Acast or wherever you're listening to podcasts if you're uh, not already on those things. Yes, subscribe to uh, us. And we are on social media. So we're on Instagram, where we have lots of fun with Instagram stories. Um, Dave has lots of fun with Instagram stories. We're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. So thanks. the Cinemile. Cinemile. And we're the Cinemile dot com yes okay bye bye everyone enjoy the enjoy the weather what the cookie cha cha want a cookie num num cookie cha cha num 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 cookie cookie you know cookie oh my god cookie wow okay so he can still hear you from the other dimension yeah that is freaky Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.